Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. Retired U.S. Army Colonel D.J. Reyes, a member of Veterans Secretary McDonough's Advisory Committee on Homeless Veterans, joins host Bill Hodges for this edition of the podcast. Colonel Reyes is the perfect example of, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Because of his work in the Veterans Treatment Court, both locally and nationally, and his work on other veterans' issues, he was a prime choice for the Secretary's Advisory Committee on Homeless Veterans. This podcast highlights the work of this very important committee. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. Today, we've got a guest that you've heard before on my program because he wears so many hats. This gentleman is everywhere that you'd want to be. His name is D.J. Reyes, and he's a colonel, United States Army, retired. But in January 2023, he was appointed by the U.S. Secretary Veterans Affairs, the Honorable Dennis McDonough, as a member of the U.S. Secretary VA Advisory Committee on Homeless Veterans. And to many of us, that's a real sore thought to see these people on the street knowing they need help and watching local people trying hard to do it. But let's get a perspective from what the VA is going to do. Welcome to the show, Colonel Reyes. And how did you get involved in this issue? I know you did a lot of other things. Well, thank you, Bill, for having me uh, on this show again. I I always enjoy speaking with you and and to your audience. Uh, So in a nutshell, the reason why I got involved with this whole issue regarding homeless veterans happens to do with with the main community service effort that I'm involved in that you well know, and that is the Tampa's Veterans Treatment Court. As you know, these veterans uh, get in trouble with the law, and so they're involved with the criminal justice system. What we have found in the Veterans Treatment Court for the 10 years that we've been doing this is that when they come into our court, they bring with them a whole host of issues. But the most major, I would say the most major issue that they and challenge that they bring to the court is that they have a problem with housing and specifically low cost, affordable housing. And there isn't any in Tampa, is there? Well, it, that's a challenge. And, and as you know, I'm also working on some other initiatives for housing. But with regards to this aspect of the housing, because of this, we've realized in the Veterans Treatment Court, we have got to solve this or else the chances for a veteran to successfully get treated and rehabilitated and reintegrated back into the community are minimal. And so because of that, I've, I've placed some time and effort along with our other mentors in the housing. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, somehow I got recognized for th- this effort and I got earlier nominated and then appointed 
to the U.S. Secretary of VA's uh, Advisory Committee on Homeless Veterans. You know, you do a lot for the veterans and veterans affairs. How do you define homelessness? I mean, it sounds simple, but I got to believe there's more to it than just they don't have a place to live. You know, that is the $64,000 question, Bill. I will tell you, uh, looking at this problem, even before I was appointed on the advisory committee and before I attended the first in-person conference last week, in fact, veteran homelessness is very, very complex. It covers the, the scope and breadth of many of socioeconomic and cultural issues that we find today in our nation. I don't think there's any one factor. It's pretty diverse, but I will share a couple thoughts with you if I may. One possible factor that I would like to further uh, uh, drill down uh, on this committee is how is the transition from military to civilians? When a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guardsman leaves the military and re-enters the civilian world, what is that like? And as you know, the Department of Defense runs the Transition Assistance Program, or TAP. For many years, that program has received a lot of attention, both good and bad. One of the things we want to make sure is that our military is preparing our military men and women adequately, sufficiently for that transition. Because for many of them, uh, the military is all that they have known. The second factor I'd like to quickly mention is I think it really goes to the socio-cultural factor of veterans. And that is when the veterans are in, when they're in the military and they're serving, they are in a tribe. They're in a tribe of like-minded men and women with a common ethos and a common value system. You know exactly what I'm talking about. From the beginning of the day of Reveille to the end of the day with retreat, okay? When, they're, when they leave, whether they retire or, tr- or ETS, you know, they just leave the service, they enter what I call the brave new world, where many things are, in fact, not common to them. And so for many, the transition is very difficult for them, as many of them continue to look for their tribe to fit in and to belong. I believe that that's one of the aggravating factors which exacerbates a successful transition. And because of that, one of the things I'm looking at on this committee is the aspect of maybe we need to look at the VTC as a model with regard to our peer veteran mentor program. Do we need to replicate something of that model to assist our otherwise law-abiding but transitioning veterans as they come into the civilian community? So this is something that I'm personally going to take on on the committee, and, and hopefully we'll be able to get some traction on that. You know, we have something very close to my home, and it's called Bob's Vets. I don't think you've ever been out to it yet, but we had 84 members show up this morning. And they come every Thursday morning at seven o'clock when Bob Evans opens. We have 30 members standing outside waiting to get inside. And there's, I don't even know what's so special, but everything is even. People enjoy sitting there, telling their stories, swapping things back and forth with other vets. And we've had vets walk in the room who they, they were just really kind of afraid to come in. But once they got in, they said, we'll work on them back. And absolutely. And I think what you just described anecdotally really underscores what I just said about the belonging to a tribe where 
You, you don't even have to know the person. You don't even have to be of the, quite honestly, the same generation. But if you say, hey, I'm a veteran and you start swapping stories, next thing you know, you got people joking and smoking and laughing and sharing back in the day. And do you remember this or do you remember that? It's always like that. And as you know better than I do, that's how we deal with it in the Veterans Treatment Court. So much so that the senior mentors, you know, we love to affectionately call ourselves as the GOM, the grumpy old men, because that's who we are. And that's the commonality that we share with the fellowship and the, the common experiences. You know, you've got some absolutely fabulous people there. Ron Rook and Jim. Jim I mean, Fletcher, yes. Fletcher, <laughs> he's, he's one of my gods. He is a wonderful guy. And, and it's nice, in Bob Vets, we have the same kind of thing. We have some good people, and people feel comfortable. And there is an age range. We, we had World War II, Korea, Vietnam, just about every conflict right down to today. You know, what? if I may, uh, based on that, Bill, there's something I always tell my kids, and that is, if you want to learn the facts of history, pick up a history book regarding a war. But if you want to know what really happened, find a vet that was there. I think that unique perspective of storytelling, if you will, is a lost art that we're quickly losing you know, amongst ourselves. And and I always advocate for combat veterans or veterans that served. Tell your story because that's how you keep it alive. And that's how you keep it relevant. And that's how you keep society connected. Because otherwise, if you don't do that, generations will become delinked. And then we won't have a reason to understand or we can't relate. Besides not having a place to live, what other things define homelessness? So, the Department of Veterans Affairs, in determining eligibility for homeless assistance, looks to the current law. And in the current law legislation, it is the McKinney-Vento Homeless Assistance Act. And in there, they list categories of what's defined as homelessness. I can tell you from the VA perspective, what they really focus on on this law are those categories that deal with what's known as sheltered and unsheltered veterans. And so let me just explain that real quickly. Basically, veterans or families of veterans without a full-time or adequate nighttime residence. For the unsheltered category, they're looking at pretty much veterans who are out on the street. They're living in their cars. They're living in parks. They're sleeping in bus stations or in airports or in alleyways. That's considered unsheltered. The sheltered category, by contrast, are those sheltered programs that are endorsed or are funded at the local or state or even federal levels. So you think of here in Tampa, we have the Salvation Army, we've got St. Vincent de Paul's, we even have New Beginnings, a successful program that partners with the Veterans Treatment Court. So they provide temporary housing, it's sheltered, but it's not full-time. So that's really what the VA is looking at when they're looking at homelessness and you and can't then, count on it right and then exactly because the demand exceeds the supply if you will so we're basically in that do loop again with the dog chasing his tail with the supply and demand what causes veteran homelessness do we have any idea how many veterans are actually homeless and fit into those two categories 
Yeah, there's studies that have been done over the years, depending on which study you look at. What I can share with you is very recently, and, and this was covered in, in the conference I was at, there is a, a VA study. It's called a point-in-time count. And in the point-in-time count, they focused on what they defined as homelessness between the years of 2010 and 2020. So you can well imagine the art is in collecting data and the art is in how you define homelessness. But in this program, which is pretty detailed, and I got a chance to read it, it noted that from this 10-year period, 2010 to 2020, based on the combined efforts of the VA, along with the U.S. Interagency Council of Homelessness, the U.S. Department of Housing, the uh, Housing and Urban Development HUD, uh, Department of Labor, and various other agencies, they were able to significantly decrease homelessness down to 50%. In addition, over this period of time, uh, they noted that three states, specifically Connecticut, Delaware, and Virginia, have actually announced they are a homelessness-free state for veterans. They've actually eradicated veteran homelessness. And then finally, across the United States, there are up to 80 local areas counties or municipalities throughout the United States that have also officially announced that they have ended homelessness. Now, again, I have to point out point in time, and this was made very clear to me at the conference, point in time means that it's a moving target. Right. So so they may they may state at one point that they're that they've cleared out homelessness, but then the next day or the next week, things can happen in which now they have, you know, by as definition, they have homeless veterans. So again, it's a moving target, but what the reason why the, the, uh, the study is important is it gives us a point of reference by which we can now start really studying and drilling down, okay, this was successful in this state or this municipality. Tell us the factors why. And I think that's, that's one of the things that this committee that I'm on with that we're going to do. We're going to drill down more because we have, we have to try to put more analysis into what works best practices because we're trying to replicate it nationally to help all of us, all the states and U.S. territories in the United States. We've got about three minutes left. And what are the roles that the VA can play in homelessness? And this particular secretary, who I think a lot of, uh, really seems to want to do something serious about it. So, what can we expect from the committee? Right. So basically, we were advised that our, the main purpose of our committee is to provide the Secretary of Veteran Affairs with an ongoing assessment of the effectiveness of the policies, the organizational structures, and the services of the VA in currently assisting veterans at risk of and experiencing homelessness. In doing that, what we're going to do in the coming two years of my appointment, we're going to do some research. We're going to do interviews. We're going to do site surveys like I just did in Baltimore, Maryland. I'll get into that in a second. But based on all of that, we'll then assemble in our committee groups. We'll assemble and review the data that we've collected, put it together in the form of cogent, relevant, quantifiable, and qualitative, doable solutions that we're going to brief to the secretary of the VA and we're going to put it in the form of a deliverable, which is the annual report. Uh, the annual report, just to let you know, we're working on it already now. 
Uh, it's going to be due by March of next year of 2024. And that's going to include some of the recommendations we're going to make. I'll, I'll let you know that I've already been tagged by the committee unanimously. They want me to lead the uh, the effort, the main effort for this report with regards to one of our recommendations. And I alluded to it earlier, and that is the possibility of developing a standardized across the board community veteran mentor program that we can then identify and assign to various folks in the communities programs that the VA sponsors from shelters to um, temporary transient housing to permanent housing. And they all agreed, hey, we like your VTC veteran mentor program and how you're running it. Is there any way you can try to template this and steal off of that and see if you can build it and replicate it for our veterans to help the homeless veterans? And I said, absolutely. So that's one of my charges that I have to do. And this, I think it's going to be an integral part of this annual report and presentation to the Secretary of VA in March. Colonel Reyes, DJ, I just can't, uh, with, my listeners don't know all the things you're in, but <laughs> it, it is wonderful. And I, I so appreciate everything you're doing for our veterans. Thank you for coming on Veterans Corner Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill Hodges. This has been Veterans Corner Radio. You're unique, you're special, you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know, and we'll talk to you again very soon on Veterans Corner Radio. And again, Colonel Reyes, thanks for being with us. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio podcasts.